Take your Bibles and turn to John chapter number 7. John chapter number 7. John chapter number 7, and we're going to look down at verse number 35 in a moment. That's where we're going to start reading. In verse 2 of this chapter, Jesus, I'm going to just mention this, and now the Jews' feast of tabernacles was at hand. So uh, the Jewish people were celebrating the feast of the tabernacles. This is a feast that occurred during the first part of the month of October, and during, or on our calendar, uh, during this seven-day feast, the Jews lived in booths made of tree branches uh, to commemorate the pilgrimage through the wilderness and then into the promised land. And on each of those seven days, the high priest would go to the pool of Siloam uh, and draw out a pitcher or draw water with the golden vessel, I should say. Now, this water then would be poured uh, on the altar where parts of the sacrifice were arranged. And as the water was poured out, the people sang to the Lord and shouted for joy. It was time of great celebration, great joy for all the people to worship. This continued for seven days. Then the eighth day was the great day of the feast. That, that was the really the, it's the finale. But on this day, the sacrifices were offered but there was no singing, there was no shouting. So we get the no singing part today, don't we? We understand that. Uh, and no shouting. This was a solemn day of repentance before the Lord. And another element that was missing on this day was there was no water being poured out. So it was against this backdrop that Jesus says the following things in verse 35, Against the silence and the symbolism, Jesus stood up and proclaimed him to be himself to be the fountain of living water. So you know that this would have grabbed the attention of the people around him. This was definitely a thing that they would have understood. There's some connection point. The water was not to be used today, and now you talk about you yourself being the fountain of living water. So let's look at verse number 35. Then said the Jews among themselves, Whether will he go that he shall not find him? Will he go and disperse among the Gentiles and teach the Gentiles? And what manner of saying is this, that he said, Ye shall seek me and shall not find me, and where I am thither ye cannot come. In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture have said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. For this he spake, uh, he of the Spirit, which they believe on him shall receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for another day. Thank you for the opportunity to look into your word. And Lord, help us to understand that you are indeed the fountain of living water. You are the source. And Lord, help us to go to you. Help us to bring our needs, our burdens. And first and foremost, Lord, come to you looking for life, accepting you as Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray you bless us now in Jesus' name. Amen. In these verses, the last, particularly 37, 38, Jesus proclaims himself to be uh, 
where living water is found. He's the fountainhead of living water. Now, throughout the New Testament, uh, the water for drinking, uh, the symbol is the Holy Spirit. Okay, throughout the New Testament. You see that, that the Spirit of God that comes to the sinner and shows him the need of salvation. And when he is come, John 16, 8, and when he is come, he will approve the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. It is the Holy Spirit that applies the Word of God in conviction. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior here this morning, those sitting in the auditorium or online, and you know you've accepted Christ as Savior, at one point, the Holy Spirit convicted you of your sin. That was through the Word of God. The conviction was brought. Uh, John six forty four. No man can come to me except the Father which have sent me. Draw him. That's the idea of conviction and helping him understand the need of Christ. And I will raise him up on the last day. It's the Holy Spirit that baptizes the new believer into the body of Christ. For by one Spirit, 1 Corinthians 13 says, are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. And the Holy Spirit seals that believer as well in Ephesians 4.30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed on the day of redemption. Now all those things, the moment you accept Christ, you're sealed, uh, you're baptized into the body. We don't believe there's an extra moment where you need to get the Holy Spirit. It all happens at the moment of salvation that these things take place. And it's the Holy Spirit that helps the individual believer to use God's Word, to apply His Word, and to be used for His glory. And that's found in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. That's the water of life. If the Spirit is the water of life, then Jesus is the fountain, right? That's who it comes through, is Jesus Christ. Before the, fa- the water of life could be dispensed, the lost and dying world, to the lost and dying world, the, the fountain had to be open. And that's what Jesus Christ did on the cross. That's what He accomplished. He allowed himself to be mocked and beaten and spit upon and, and, and crucified just so to open up the waters, allow that to flow through the, the need, the greatest need of humanity. He did that. The primary thing that you need to know today is that Jesus went to the cross and he died for you and for all mankind. He, didn't, he, he, he did that for all. He wasn't dying because he was a bad man. Just recently, uh, Don Lemon, a uh, CNN host, I don't watch CNN, but I did find, hear about this. He stated Jesus was not perfect. That's what he stated on national television. Well, let me tell you that Mr. Lemon is perfectly wrong. Like all sinners. Like all men are wrong. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's what the Word of God says. Jesus Christ was perfect. There's no way around it. He absolutely was. He was the only uh, sacrificial lamb available that would take care of the needs of the world. Jesus sacrificed himself for all men. He did that because he loves all men and he desires that all would come to him. He provided a way of escape. He died because he loves sinners. Uh, Revelation 1.5 says, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. He did it because he loved it. I mean, sacrificed himself. That is the greatest testimony of love. 
Whenever we hear of someone giving up their life to save another, we say that was a sacrifice. I mean, that was a hero, even. That is the greatest testimony of love. Uh, the rewards of the, of the living fountain of water. What, what's the rewards of taking this water? Salvation is the primary benefit, right? That's the primary benefit of coming to Jesus Christ by faith and be saved by the grace of God and saved from what? Saved from hell. Now, that's not a real popular word unless they're using it as a cuss word or something of that nature. Hell's real. And you don't want to go there. It's not a place you're going to go and hang out with your buddies and play cards. No, it's a horrible place. And a sinner is condemned and doomed before the Lord to go there without Jesus Christ. He that believeth on the Son have everlasting life, John 3, 36. And he that believeth not shall not see life, shall not enjoy heaven, will not enjoy the life that God would have for you, but the wrath of God abides on him. The wrath of God is hell, eternally separated. However, when that sinner, when that individual comes to Jesus Christ and receives him by faith, that sinner is miraculously saved and saved uh, from hell and protected uh, uh, from the wrath of God in, in that sense of being separated from God for eternity. We're saved from the wrath through him. That's what it says in Romans chapter 5, verse 9. The soul that's placed its faith in Jesus Christ will never need to fear of being lost again. Isn't that a wonderful thing? You, you know Christ as Savior. You've made that decision in your life. You'll never be lost again. I've I'm, I'm, got a pretty good sense of direction. I, I, I mean, I'm not trying to brag on myself or anything, but it's pretty good. But there's times when I can get all turned around. And I don't know which way east and west is. I've got to be honest, there's one city in particular that really messes me up, and it's Hamilton. And i got family in Hamilton. And so I use that excuse. No, I don't. I'm, I'm just joking. Uh, but the reality is I can get mixed up. Where am I? Am I, I know I'm on the mountain, but if, which, which direction am I going? You know, uh, the reality is we can get lost again in the sense of directional-wise, but we'll never be lost again in the sense of our spiritual condition. We are alive in Jesus Christ. It's a marvelous truth, believer. It's a truth that should encourage us in the darkest of days. It should bring us joy. It should give us peace in our hearts. When the world is full of confusion and racket and noise and they don't know where to turn, hey, believer, we know where to turn. Amen? It's Jesus Christ. That's who we need to turn to. If that was the only benefit of becoming Jesus, that would be wonderful, but there's other outstanding benefits as well. You know, the idea that we're part of the family of God. You're part of my family. Like it or lump it right now. All right? Uh, we're part of the family of God. That's a wonderful thing. It's, it's a marvelous thing. I've, I've seen lots of pictures. Don't we look forward to the day to travel again? i, I got to be honest, I, that itch is pretty strong. I'm not getting on air, airplanes right now, but, uh, you know, it's pretty strong. And the reality is, I see that lots of you, and actually see you go, but you post on Facebook, you saw this friend in the Philippines, or you saw this friend in Australia, and you saw this friend in, in uh, wherever, Europe, or whatever the case is, and they're believers, all part of the family of God. Isn't that a wonderful blessing? It's a marvelous blessing. It's a marvelous encouragement, and they're there to encourage us along. And there's many other things as well. Uh, the idea that there's satisfaction as well. Notice here, the rivers of living water. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living 
water. The belly is part of a man that's never satisfied. We feed it, and soon thereafter, we want more. Unless there's somebody else out there who feeds once and is never hungry again, which we know that's not true. It happens. I can remember as a kid, uh, growing up, and uh, we'd sit down for lunch, and uh, usually on Sunday, I can remember doing this a couple times, uh, and my mom would have this wonderful lunch spread out, and we're eating and enjoying it. And before we're done eating, we're asking about supper. <laughs> What's for supper, Mom? And uh, I don't know about other moms present, but my mom really didn't like that. It was almost like an insult of, you didn't like what I served you for lunch? And I'm, I'm going to say there's once or twice she might have uh, whipped me with the little uh, drying cloth and get out of my kitchen. You don't like my food? Get out of my kitchen, jokingly. Uh, but the same idea is that we never are filled. We're, you can't eat once and you're done. But listen, in the spiritual realm, we accept Christ as Savior and we can have satisfaction for eternity. Here, right now, and eternity to come. Uh, we, we look in our world and so many people are looking for that thing, whatever it might be. They're searching, they're looking. You've probably heard stories, you probably have met people who are searching for that thing to fill that void. And that void can only be filled by Jesus Christ, but they're looking for everything else to fill it. Ask the addict what he's using the addict for, what he's using the drugs for, the drunkard, the gambler. Uh, Before the events of COVID-19, Drug addiction, alcoholism, and gambling were all trending up. All right, There was no great decrease in it. And I'm pretty sure, I haven't seen any statistics lately, but I'm pretty sure all those got a major bump up during this COVID-19 time. Because they're looking uh, for that drug, that next shot. They're looking for that next drink. They're looking for the next roll of dice to bring them some fulfillment, to bring them some satisfaction. But... They can roll the dice again, they can take another drug, and they can take another shot of drink or whatever it is, and they'll still need something else. He's never satisfied. Jesus, on the other hand, he can satisfy the soul of man. He can do that. Uh, As born-again believers, and we have accepted Christ as Savior, Christianity should never be a religious itch that we have to get taken care of. I mean, it's just not all about a, 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 a empty rituals. No, no, that's not what true biblical Christianity is. Rather, we are serving Jesus Christ. We have access to the fountainhead of life, and we need to go to him. It's never exhausted. This week, uh, one of the water plant treatment plants in Peel, for some reason, broke. I don't know what happened, but we got a a little notice, I don't know how, uh, Facebook or something, saying please don't water as much and please don't fill your pools and blah, 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 uh, type of thing. I mean, because it would run out. We have to be careful because we could run out of water. Hey, listen, Jesus Christ can never, and the fountain of life, living water he gives, can never be exhausted. It's abundant It satisfies abundantly. It satisfies everyone. Just think about that. Of all the Christians around the world, it can satisfy each and every one of them, and there's still abundant supply left. 
It's a crazy, it's unbelievable, it's amazing, but that's our God. If you do not believe me, just come to Jesus Christ and accept him and see what will happen and see and taste that the Lord is good. The Lord is good and blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Uh, I know Snickers got a new uh, um, advertisement. You know, you know, you're not something about you're, you're not yourself when you're hungry, and the person gives them the Snickers bar, and they turn back to their regular self. I don't know if you've seen that commercial, but the old one, remember, I can remember, is that Snickers it really satisfies. It really satisfies. That that was the idea. You eat this, and you'll be satisfied. Now I can't say I'm a big Snickers fan, but I have eaten them. And it's not too long later I could eat another one. It's not like it lasts like two or three days. You know, I could eat another one in a couple of hours. Uh, the reality is those things don't bring satisfaction. But the reality is we go to Jesus Christ the one time and accept him as Lord and Savior, and he can bring satisfaction for the rest of our life. That's amazing. Do you want to lay your head down at night on your pillow in peace? I mean, there's a lot of people in our world who would love that right now. They could lay their head down at night and drift off to sleep peacefully. I know I do, and I find it in Jesus Christ. I, listen, I'm not exempt from problems. No one here, no one individual believer is exempt from problems. I understand some might be bigger than others, but we can have that through made possible to us by Jesus, what he's done for us. Now, do you want to know for sure that where you'll spend eternity? Well, you can, and that, through Jesus Christ. You can. Do you want to know true joy and contentment? Because if you try to follow the world's philosophy and remedy and formula for joy and happiness and contentment, you will not be. Because you can only find true joy and contentment in Jesus Christ. It's through Him. He makes it possible. And He makes it possible because we have accepted Him as Savior. The Holy Spirit dwells us and, and you know, the, uh, the Spirit of God helps us to have that unending joy and peace in Him. Not in things, not in people, but in Him. The fountain never dries up. It never ceases. It's always there. It continually flows. Uh, and the living water is there that gives us the power. It gives us the energy to serve Jesus Christ. It gives us joy. It gives us hope. Over the years, I've had numerous people tell me, uh, maybe I've been witnessing to them or been encouraging to know Christ or whatever the case was. And, and I've had numerous people tell me, uh, I could never live a Christian life. It's kind of like uh, their default def defensive position against Christianity, against accepting Christ as Savior. And I've actually said them, said to them, that's right, you can't. And they kind of look, what? They thought that would be the best shield, you know, they kind of get me away. No, you can't. There's absolutely no way that you in your natural state without Christ, which means you're dead in your trespasses and sins, could ever live the Christian life. You're right. The Bible says in John uh, 14, 16, And I will pray the Father, and He will give you another comforter, that He might abide with you forever. That the Holy Spirit of God enables us to live for Christ and enables us to live the Christian life. He makes all things possible in Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. You know, the, the Spirit knows my needs. The Holy Spirit knows my needs of my heart and life. And he makes intercessions for me before the throne of God. In Romans chapter 8, 
and verse number 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he, search, and he that searches the heart maketh what is in the mind of spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So, hey, just think about this. The last few months have been very crazy. There might have been days when you felt very down. You might have felt very discouraged. You might have been on the verge of depression. Maybe other issues were coming, beating down on you. The Holy Spirit of God knew, and he was praying on your behalf. That should give you some encouragement today. That he cares. And you might say, well, no one cares about me. Well, that is you buying the line of the enemy in the world. Yes, someone cares. Jesus cares. And you have access to the Lord, to the Holy Spirit, the, the, the wonderful work that he does in our hearts and lives. And he makes it possible for us to live the Christian life. He brings conviction. Hey, as a Christian, you're trying to do what's right, and you're endeavoring to do God's will. That's what it talks about there, according to the will of God. We're trying to do God's will, and then we make a mistake, or maybe we get angry, and we get a little snarky, and we say something not nice, and you walk away, and a few minutes later, you're like, oh, I don't feel so good about that. That was wrong. Well, that's called conviction, right? That's the Holy Spirit working in our hearts and lives and say, hey, you need to get that right. If you don't get that right, it's going to affect your relationship with the Lord, with your walk. Get that right with that individual. Talks about the, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. That's a pretty uh, vivid description, don't you think? Rivers of living water. It's just not a little, little stream, a little brook. This is river. You know, this, is, this, is, this is good stuff. Uh, and it's coming from us. And this is the idea that we're serving Jesus Christ. We're uh, uh, doing what is right. And from it, we are a blessing to others. The service part of it. You know, in Exodus chapter 17, verse 6, uh, there's a bunch of Jewish people upset with Moses because they're in the wilderness. Now, I can't say I would be really thrilled to be in the wilderness either. Uh, and they got really upset with Moses. And God tells Moses, strike that rock and water will come from that rock and everyone can have it. Everyone can have access. So he did what he was told to do and everybody that came to that water, those who complained and those who did not and were serving, they all received the blessing, did they not? Yep, they did. In Exodus chapter 17, they did. They were able to to fill or satisfy that thirst that they had in the wilderness, and it was taken care of. When we, as individual believers, are, are willing to serve God, our lives make an impact on those around us. And don't think for a moment, oh, I'm too insignificant. That is, again, a lie, a deception from the of the enemy that says, nah, you're insignificant, don't do anything. Listen, do your part for Jesus Christ, and you will be a blessing. And at the end of the day, you don't do it for the person, you do it for God's glory. Because he's called you to serve, but when you do serve God, you affect others. And others are blessed and encouraged by it. So I encourage you to be that way, to let the, 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 the flowing rivers of living water come out of you to be a blessing to others. Now, it talks about how you receive this fountain of living water. If this sounds like something that you need, well, I've got great news for you. You can have it. You can have it. It's for everybody. We see uh, in verse 37, if any man thirst. 
It's a conscious desire uh, for something not in one's possession. I thirst for. I mean, I understand there's a physical thirst. You need uh, water or whatever, liquid. Before a person can be saved, he or she must know, understand their need of salvation. That's very important that they understand. I need Jesus Christ. I need salvation. I've talked to many people about Christ. I've given them a track, and they've taken it, looked at it, and they walked away. There's no thirst. There's no desire for it. That's not to say that I shouldn't witness and I shouldn't give a track because that could be the starting point of that thirst or that could be the starting point of them to think about God. Well, there's lots that I've met. Now, I've even had some just throw it in the ground, some just walk away from the conversation. The thirst involves the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I already read for you John 6, 44, that no man can come to me except the Father which have sent me. Draw him. Hey, we are sinners dead in our trespasses and sins. But when the Holy Spirit gets involved and he brings that conviction, he says, hey, and that person knows it. He doesn't say a physical, audible hey. But in your heart, you feel that conviction. You understand that I'm lost. I'm aware of my condition and then when this awareness takes place when this occurs then that person can turn to jesus christ for salvation because then they understand i need christ i need him as long as a sinner is satisfied in his sins and in what he is doing with his life he has no thought of god and thus no need of god that's that kind of indicates that by when we witness to somebody who's got it all together, they don't want to know about Jesus, right? Who cares? I got it all together. I'm fine. I don't need Christ. Then you meet someone who's had gone through a tragedy or a loss, or there's a big decision that lays before them. Maybe they're really sick. Hey, now they see the car, the house, the material, the influence. That doesn't matter. I need something greater than that. And it's Jesus. When a sinner sees himself or herself as lost, oh boy, they're a prime to be witness to. They're a prime individual. They're looking for an answer, and Jesus is always the answer. Jesus is always the answer. Proverbs 27, 7 says, The soul, a full soul loatheth a honeycomb, but to the hungry soul every better thing is sweet. The idea is that Hey, if you're full of whatever it is, there's no room for anything else. Uh, if you're full of the world, there's no need of God. You won't come to Him. But when the soul is empty, when the heart is hurting, when the heart is hungry for something, uh, the bitterness of conviction feels good because, hey, the solution is Jesus. He's the solution. He's the blessed thing. Is your heart hungry today? I'm not talking about the belly. I'm not talking about the physical a stomach. I'm talking about the heart of man. Do you have that true peace of heart? Have you been searching for things that you simply cannot satisfy on your own doing? You know in your heart and life, you might never indicate it by the way you act and live, but those times when you are alone and when things are quiet, well, you know your heart is hurting you know there's something missing, and Jesus is the difference. Jesus. Come to Him. Jesus says, come. Let Him come. Uh, there's an invitation. Come unto Me. Come. And every, oh, everyone that thirsteth, come to ye to the waters. That's Isaiah 55.1. Come. That means come. 
hey, if I'm hungry, let's just say uh, I'm walking by Arvik's house. He's been posting all these pictures of food, Facebook. I don't know if there's church discipline available for that, but I've been a little bit upset that I can't come to his house. But let's just say I could, and I walk by, and I smell that barbecue going, and Arvik says, come! I'm beating down that fence. I'm coming. Uh, the idea is that for anybody to come, any man, availability, any man, John, 1 John 5, 1, whosoever believeth that Jesus Christ, uh, Jesus is the Christ, is born of God, and everyone that loveth him, that begat, loveth him also, is begotten of him. The idea is that he's available for all. He, any, whosoever believeth. Whosoever. It's available for all men, just not for a few. Jesus died for all men, and obviously every man is a free moral agent. They will make the decision. But it is available for all, everybody. And the access, the access is through Jesus Christ. His well is never dry. Never dry. He will demonstrate his great saving power in your life. He loves you more than you could ever know. Jeremiah 31, 3, the Lord have appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. He longs to save your soul. He desires that. That's his want. And he, and he, he loved for all of us to come to him. But the only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. There's no other way but him. Drink, it says at the end of verse 37. So I have a glass here. When I started, there were three big ice cubes. Now there's only one little one, all right? I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. There's water. That's great, isn't it? But the water in this cup does nothing for me, does it? Right now, it's just water. And it's not in my mouth. It's not taking care of the need that I have. I'm thirsty. That's a nice glass. That's a nice container. It's clean. I made sure of that before I put water in it. You know, it, 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 it's, there's no holes in it. There's kind of condensation on it because it's so warm and things, but it's not leaking. It's a great container. That's what people do a lot of times with Christ. Like, oh, yeah, he, he's a nice guy. That's, uh, that's nice. Oh, there's, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I heard about some of this stuff. I heard it was pretty good. If that's all you ever do with Jesus Christ, you're hopelessly lost. You're still thirsty. There it is. But no, I don't. I'll, I'll go to the, something else to find satisfaction. I'll look for something else to bring me uh, that, you know, meet the need of my thirst. But if I tilt this cup, mm, that's good. Isn't Jesus good? He's absolutely wonderful. And I, if I, I can't drink all that one time, but uh, if I, I drink it all and I'll get the benefits of that water, wouldn't I? It would make me feel fresh. And it satisfies that thirst. Jesus is the same way. He's available to save you if you come to him. If you will take and drink. He's for all. He longs to help you. That's his desire, to help you and to redeem you from your sin and change your eternal course. But you need to come to him. He's waiting. 
He's in the same place. You can walk all around him. Just like if I indicate this is the Lord, I'm walking all around his cup. He's still there. He's still waiting for me to come to him and, and to enjoy and, and, and drink. And he invites me to. He invites you to. Don't be guilty of ignoring the plead. Don't say, I'll do it next time, or I'll think about it some more. No one is ever saved until Jesus is received into their heart and life, until you make that decision. It's your decision. The Lord is not going to barge into your life. Oh, he can bring conviction, and he does, but he will not barge in. He will let you make the decision. Romans 10, 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Hey, where are you? Have you made that decision? This morning you've heard or you watched online, and maybe you're thirsty. And I'm just talking about water because you're thirsty because it's warm outside or in your house. But there's a void in your life. You're thirsty and you can't fill it. Maybe you've tried. Maybe you've looked to the things of this world. Maybe you look to the pleasures. Maybe you look to uh, influence or wealth or uh, those other things. And after every time you consume it, you drink it, and you swallow and you're like, yeah, that didn't bring satisfaction. Oh, it tasted good at the moment. But it didn't bring lasting satisfaction. Then this message is just for you. If that's where you're at. Maybe your life's a mess. Maybe it's all over the place. Tipsy-topsy all over. Well, there's hope. The good news is Jesus Christ. He loves you. He cares for you. And he has given himself, his life for you to have salvation. You will not be disappointed. You will find satisfaction in Jesus Christ that you could never find anywhere else. And you will not turn anyone away. His salvation is for all, the poor, the rich, men, women, boys, and girls, the single, the married, the divorced, the widow, widower, for the bold, the shy, for the large and the small. Salvation is for every nationality, every color, every ethnic group, every culture. It's for everyone. All is required that you might believe that Jesus Christ, Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. Hey, Christian, you've tasted, and you know the Lord is good. Give him the glory, and then be a testimony. Be that out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Make it a point. Make it a part of your life that you will be a blessing to others as you travel through this life. Dear Jesus, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the living water. Thank you that we can know you as Savior and we can have that thirst satisfied eternally. And Lord, I pray you move in the hearts of those who might be here and might be watching, that they would know you, they would make sure, they would not go this day without making sure they know you as their Lord and Savior. Bring conviction to hearts. Lord, there's many here who have been praying for family members, spouses maybe, uh, friends, co-workers who are lost. 
Lord, I pray you bring conviction to their hearts and lives. And Lord, help us then as individual believers to be that river of water, uh, to be a blessing, to serve, to be there with the answer that so many need to hear, and that's Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would move in our hearts and lives now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.